Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power and savings with style. Not to mention top tech to help keep you connected. Plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota, the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. With a hybrid or electric vehicle built for every driver. Seriously, dear gas prices? Do you really think you can stand in our way? Think again. Toyota Hybrids. Find yours at Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY2000 through 2021 sales. Here on the Blue Room, it's your international break edition. We're recording this before England play San Marino a little bit later. So by the time it goes out, Dominic Carvalhoon could have scored a hat-trick, could have scored six, ten goals. Who knows if he plays in that game. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, joining me to have a chat about all things Everton, uh, Sarah Halpin and Pete McFarlane. How are you guys doing? You okay? Yeah, all good here. Um, I think we were just chatting a little bit off air, weren't we, saying hopefully things will start to to get a bit back to normal soon. I think like having a little glimpse of of that sort of spring weather coming in and stuff like that and the thought that maybe in a few months' time we'll all be able to be together. And um, yeah, so doing okay. Uh, looking forward to, to brighter days. How about you, Pete? Yeah, I'm absolutely, you know, I'm okay at the moment. Um, 
I'm buzzing with the uh, with the good weather because I've finally been able to get out in the garden and do a bit. You know, <laughs> it's uh, I need something <laughs> to, to to keep me occupied whenever now I'm playing. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. But as Sarah said, it's it's just um, I feel like we're on the home straight now, and hopefully in within the next month or so we can we can get back to some kind of normality. I think last time you were on Pete, or maybe the time before last, you you were telling us about your the Christmas lights you effectively have on your dog when you go for a walk. Um, <laughs> I mean, is, is that been, has that been shelved now because the the the, uh, the the days are getting a bit longer, or is he still walking around like a big Christmas decoration? Oh, he's still walking around with big blue flashing lights on him. Yeah, <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. Oh, especially geez. every time, especially when we win, and um, or if Liverpool lose, of course he's going to be. Uh, having the flashing blue lights, yeah. <laughs> Representing, absolutely. Uh, we are going to speak to the guys uh, a lot about Everton women and the Women's Super League. Obviously, big news this week in regards to the TV deal. We'll be speaking about that uh, to start the show. We'll also have a chat about uh, the England squad. No Michael Keane, no Ben Godfrey. Uh, ben Godfrey was in action today, along with Tom Davis, for England under-21s against Switzerland under-21s, and they got beat 1-0. We'll have a chat about James Rodriguez as well. He was back in training and also about some of the mad WhatsApp stuff that's been doing the rounds this week, uh, which I think probably made a few people laugh when it was about Mashiri getting arrested and all those kinds of things, but it's got, unfortunately, a bit more serious with some of the stuff that's been shared this week as well. So we'll finish off by chatting about that. But like I said, uh, massive news for, for the women's game this week, guys. Um, the BBC and Sky confirmed on Monday that they've agreed effectively a three-year deal um, matches will be shown on both platforms. The BBC are going to be doing 22 live matches with a minimum of 18 being shown on BBC One and BBC Two. Sky will provide coverage up to 44 matches. That's going to be across the main events, Premier League and Sky Sports Football channels. The agreement's going until 2024. Um, obviously, both of you are hugely involved in, in women's football. Um, I'll come to you first, Pete. How, how, how big a deal is this for, for the women's games, do you think? I think it's it's massive. It's huge. Um, certainly in terms of the exposure that it brings. Um, you know, once Sky Sports start getting involved with with uh, with broadcasting matches, the level of of exposure goes up exponentially. So I, I think it's I think it's huge for the for the uh, for the league. Um, obviously, it brings with it the financial um, benefits of of extra money as well, and um, which hopefully can can go back towards the clubs to to, to carry on building um, because. You know the women's football; it's been growing so rapidly over the last few years. Um, the the quality of it is is absolutely incredible, um, and I'm yeah I'm just delighted to to sort of ha- have been in a position to be able to watch the pro- the progress certainly of Everton in particular. Now, obviously, Sarah, we you know people can watch the games now on the WSL player, and you know BT Sports have, have, have sort of dipped the toe in it on occasions as well. But I think. Sky, obviously, as Pete said, are a juggernaut in the industry and will, you know, put a lot of backing behind this. But I think that the one that's probably most important to me is that is the free to air and BBC sort of getting involved in it as well. I mean, that that is that is enormous, isn't it, to have that many matches on over the course of a season where anybody can can watch it in the country. It's uh, it's huge. Yeah, it, it is. It's massive and and such great news, as you said. With Sky, as you said, it's massive and they're going to 44 games, main event, all the rest of it. Um, So the visibility is going to be massive. But again, the fact you've got the free to air, as you said, uh, so it's accessible to anybody. There's going to be a game on. I think it's every weekend there'll be um, a WSL game shown uh, on BBC. So 
it just becomes then consistent as well and you know an expected thing people can turn on the telly and know that they're gonna have a footy match that they can access and that they can watch every weekend and you know I think the visibility of it growing is massive um the FA player I think has been absolutely fantastic in 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 allowing people to watch the games but you know if it's there you're flicking through telly it's on you're going through sky it's on people just get used to it being on and I think even then there's some people who are just desperate not to get on board and desperate not to like it but I think the fact if it's there um and people are watching it and and realizing how technically impressive these girls are and and this league is it's improving all the time and um it's only going to improve technically all the time now with this investment but yeah you know for for young girls as well watching and it just being normal to see professional female footballers on their televisions every weekend is massive you know even even when I was a kid there was nothing like there is now in terms of seeing um there wasn't really your professional women's footballers. It was, you know, the the odd one maybe then um, in different countries or you get at the very best semi-pro. Now these girls will be seeing on their tellies, look, all oh, these are professional footballers. And if I want to do that, I can do that. And instead of just looking at, at in, the, in the men's footballing world and having uh, players to look up to and admire, they've got, you know, also now female footballers that they can look to look up to and admire and go, you know, I want to be like me, Damar, when I when I grow up or whoever. And I just think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so, you know, credit to, to BBC and to Sky because I think it's it's going to be huge for the game. And I suppose as well, so, you know, I'll come straight back to you on, on, on this one. You know, the, these are ultimately the two biggest sports broadcasters in the country. And if they didn't think there was value in doing this, you know, they're not doing it for, for a charity or, you know, patting anybody on the head. They, you know, they are ruthless businesses at the end of the day. So it's clear that they've seen the value in this and, and believe that it's got, you know, a, a long shelf life and, and room to get even bigger. Yeah, definitely. As you say, it's very, it's, you don't get a uh, huge broadcasting in companies doing charity like that. Ultimately they're businesses and they're in it to make money. So yeah, they've, they will have looked at, um, you know, in, in women's sport, how big like women's basketball is in America, how big women's football or women's soccer is in America. And, you know, it's huge. They, they, when they have crowds, it's, it's normal to have sort of 20 plus thousand people for, for every game and, the viewing figures are massive and they're expected that this is going to far surpass that. That's the aim is that this deal is going to help women's football and, and this league in particular uh, go on to be the most watched, the most successful, um, most popular uh, of, of women's f- uh, sporting leagues. And yeah, that is just absolutely massive. And as I said, it's the visibility. I think sometimes people aren't into it and aren't following it because they haven't necessarily got the means of watching it or don't know how to go about watching it. I think we've seen in recent years, even on social media and stuff, and yes, there's still a lot, a long way to go, but I think clubs are, are improving their sort of broadcasting of it, trying to get people involved. Um, but there's only so far that can take you, you know, if it's not accessible. Um, and the fact now it is going to be on every weekend on the biggest uh, sporting channels in this country is, is just huge and as you said yeah they've obviously seen something in it and think it, it goes both ways doesn't it the investment brings the attention yeah. and the money and and so that improves it and yeah I think this you know over the next few years we're going to see women's football um, absolutely skyrocket and I'm really excited for it. 
Yeah, and I seen on on Monday when this was announced, Pete, that you know Sky did a lot of interviews with a lot of different players and managers from from different clubs. And I think the one that really struck with me is is from Steph Horton, who said that she was sort of looking forward to being criticised and you know having having the team sort of you know pulled apart when they're not playing well, you know. And I think I think she was sort of intimating the. No, that's something that happens, you know, if Man United play terribly, you know, that Gary Neville and Roy Keane are going to get stuck into them because, you know, they're invested in that and, you know, they're saying it as they see it. And I think she was sort of saying that there maybe isn't enough of that in the women's game. And she was sort of saying, well, you know, it might mean I have to take a bit, bit of criticism every now and then. But I want to see our sport and our game analysed with that, that kind of ruthless edge too. Absolutely. And I think, I think certainly with, with criticism and analysis, um, that's a great way to improve. It's a great way to improve how you play. It's a great way to identify weaknesses. It's a great way to to build your side and, and build your team and, and build your own um, your, your own skill set. So I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I can totally understand what Steph Orton's saying. I mean, Steph Orton is a is a winner. You know, she's she's been absolutely phenomenal uh, for Manchester City for a number of years now, um, and England as well. She's been brilliant. So um, I'm sure she's a, she is the type of person who who would fully embrace any kind of criticism because I feel like she she wants to prove that criticism wrong or learn from it. So, yeah, any any kind of analysis which can help to improve the game, um, it, it can only be seen as a good thing. It, it's it's such a massive positive. Yeah. And uh, Sarah, have you spoken to, to any of, of the girls about it? Yeah, what's, what's their, their feelings been on it? Yeah, um, I've spoken to a few of the girls about it and they're just absolutely delighted. Uh, I think, you know, for them as well, the, the work they put in is they're professional footballers. They train at Finch Farm. They work at Finch Farm. They put in so much hard work um, every week building up, you know, to the game tactically and they're putting in the hours on the pitch. Everyone, the staff, the players, everybody works so hard and they're doing the same job as what Carlo Ancelotti and the team are doing. It's, it's you know, it's a different league. Um, it's because they're a different gender. It's women's, not men's, but it's the same. It's exactly the same. And, you know, I think the visibility um, that you, you can't turn on a telly without seeing a Premier League footballer or turn on the radio without hearing Premier League footballer or manager being interviewed, etc. And I just think it's high time that, uh, you know, the girls got, got more of a, a, a spotlight on them and, and they can go out every week knowing that there's so many people watching and that they're growing the game and just, yeah, that the, their stage has just got a lot bigger and, and that's what they deserve to be doing. And I think, you know, they take such a pride in knowing that they're, they're role models and now there's going to be so many young girls watching them um, and week in, week out, they're going to be their heroes. And as I said, like normalising, having it on TV um, and and just seeing that all the time. So, yeah, the girls are made up. Um, and, you know, of course, what that brings in terms of investment as well. It's huge. It's huge for the women's game. Um, so, yeah, everyone's really excited. And I'm sure, um, you know, like Stefford said as well about, the criticism and stuff coming in um, I'm sure that's something that will happen and as it grows and, and something that they'll welcome as well and and hopefully will thrive with that sort of added pressure too Yeah, uh, can't wait for it all I mean, I, I don't know I, I don't know the answers is there of you guys have any idea but with this schedule, with this new um, TV deal will there be a, more of a, a defined schedule for when the girls play because you know, at the moment the fixtures are very much scattered going on aren't they and sort of revolve around 
you know, when matches can be played, you know, when pit, when pitches are available, that kind of thing. W- will this deal sort of, do you know, like say when like there's a normal Premier League schedule on, you know, there's going to be a half 12 game, a three o'clock game, a half five game. Will this deal sort of usher in anything like that? Is, have, they said, have they said anything like that? Yeah. I, th- I think one thing you might see is, is that the um, certainly for, for stadiums which just struggle to get games on, I think you'll see a lot more games played at the at the bigger stadiums. So, for example, Everton women playing at Goodison Park. Not, not, not that that's been confirmed, but uh, Manchester United are playing at Old Trafford this weekend, I believe, uh, Manchester United women. So I think that's something that you might see a lot more often, um, certainly with the TV schedule to be kept to. Um, Sky don't like matches being called off. Uh, and certainly with with some of the standard of some of the pitches, yeah. it has been an issue. So I think to to make sure that that's ring fenced and to to sort of you know try to negate that um, possibility of the games being called off, I think that they'll they'll probably you know change change venue for some of the games. Yeah, and I think that's something we've actually spoken about before, Pete, on this show. You know, there's there's so much that's that's getting better about the women's game and improving, but there are aspects of it still which are. A lagging behind. That I suppose that's something that this is going to do, isn't it? Like you said, you know, Sky aren't going to stand for a product they've paid a lot of money for being called off because there's a, there's a bit of rain. I suppose it's going to it's going to encourage everyone this to sort of raise standards across the board, isn't it? Absolutely, and again, that that might be part of when when the TV revenue money does come in, it might be something that the league look at where they where they insist that the teams must have a standard of of pitch and a you know a proper drainage system or under soil heat or whatever it whatever it may be. Um, and you know we've seen this season Birmingham City. Unfortunately, um, their ground has now been deemed unfit for the WSL, and they're now playing at St George's Park um, in Birmingham. So, you know that 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 was sort of taken out of their hands because of the amount of games that were being that were being called off. So, yeah, I think it is something that is going to be looked at um, certainly over over the summer. I mean, it used to be that the women's the women's league was played in the summer months, which obviously helped with with the pitch conditions. But with them wanting to have the the, the fixtures played at the same time as the men's in a regular season sort of time, um, I think it's essential that the pitches um, are properly prepared and and the standards are kept. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Nothing but positive news on that front. Uh, can't wait to see how it goes in that sense. Uh, before we move on, let's have a, have a chat about the team and how, how things have been going. As of late, then a bit of a mixed bag, Sarah. If, if we're being honest, um, great win against Tottenham, and then a defeat to Manchester City. Great win against Birmingham, and, and then a defeat to Chelsea. It just feels as though, and I feel like whenever you, you've come on recently and we've spoken about the the girls, we've been saying this. The, the, since that FA Cup final and, and the loss, and and having to come back into a season after that, it just feels like they've they've really struggled to just gain and gather any any sort of momentum. Yeah, I think one of the things that that hasn't helped either, and just going back to that thing about pitches, we were saying, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've travelled down with the team and and literally, you know, away and it within hours of the game taking place, supposedly it's been called off because of pitches and problems. We've had that a few reasons. Well, games have been, um, you know, missed and and then we've had games in hand and you know, you mightn't then play for a month and it's hard to gain any kind of momentum. And then, you know, with such a great win, we, we had a good win away at Spurs, we followed that up with a, a really narrow loss to Manchester City. And they, the girls were so unlucky there. You know, it was with, with about 10 minutes uh, or so to go, maybe less than that, um, away against, you know, one of the favourites to win the title. And it, it took a, a really good strike um, to... to 
stop us getting a point there. Uh, then a, a really good win, 4-0 away at Birmingham and a, and a really positive display. But then, unfortunately, our next game was Chelsea, who yesterday beat Wolfsburg 2-1 in the Champions League. Uh, you know, they, they are just absolutely superb. A few days before they played us, they won a cup final 6-0. Um, so Chelsea are just... it. That game kind of in comparison is maybe like when you look in... And we had beat Chelsea earlier in the season, of course, in the quarterfinal at Goodison Park, but they really are just flying now. It's a bit like when we were heading into the quarterfinal against Manchester City, the men's, and you yeah. think for us to get anything here they're going to have to have a bit of an off day and we're going to have to be at our absolute best because they've just got so, so much strength in that team and they're just really in their form. But, you know, we are headed into games against Manchester City and against Chelsea and believing that we can get results from it. I just think maybe this season, the amount of new players that have come in, the, the change it's going to take a little while for everything to click. And I think we've really closed the gap on those teams like, you know, Arsenal, um, City, Chelsea. A couple of seasons ago, we were nowhere near them. And now we are, you know, the best of the rest. And we don't want to be the best of the rest. We want to be in amongst that. And I think going forward and certainly next season, um, see what what business we do over the summer. But we'll really try and... and and get out of the rest and be in it. Um, but yeah, it, it's been frustrating. And I think a lot of that is just to do with the fact that we had two of the toughest games thrown in amongst. So win, loss, win, loss. But um, yeah, our next game is, is, is absolutely massive. We've got to fin finish the season strong. Um, and I think going forward next season, like I said, see what they do in the summer, see who we bring in. But I think, uh, you know, every season we're getting a little bit closer to that and uh, we should really push on. Yeah, it's actually quite a, a big game, the next one, isn't it? Uh, Brighton, Brighton away. You were in great form, but they've won the last five in a row, haven't they, in, in the league? So, Yeah, this weekend we've got them on Sunday um, and I'm hoping uh, we can kind of bring... Uh, bring the clouds with us to sunny Brighton and, uh, and stop their <laughs> stop their nice run uh, of because they've been absolutely flying you know Hope Powell's brilliant manager just got manager yeah. of the month for the pre previous month but uh, they're a tough side Brighton but I do fancy the Blues to go there and uh, rain on their parade and I hope we do <laughs> yeah it feels sort of they're in like a bit of a weird position as well Pete aren't they because you know earlier in the season like they could maybe be in the mix for that top three it's not quite happened they're not going to get sucked down into a battle for you know staying in, in in the top half or anywhere near relegation like that so it's sort of like they're in they're in limbo a bit aren't they between now and the, and the end of the season and it, it must be hard to sort of continue getting up for these games when there's no crowd when matches are getting called off when players are getting injured and, and coming in and out it's it must be quite hard to, to to maintain any sort of stability and, and motivation at the moment well i think the motivation has got to be you know like sarah touched on uh, about us being the best of the rest I still think that that isn't enough motivation for the players to want to want to give everything for the, for the for the last few games. Certainly in terms of keeping their their place in the squad for next season, because everyone can see that Everton are improving so much. I mean, the the improvements over the last two seasons has been incredible, um, and we're only going to get better. So those players will, will want to be a part of that. So no one's going to want to let let up because you know their their place might be under threat. Um, I don't think that the Everton board are going to be. You know, rested on the laurels and thinking that you know we're done in terms of transfer business. I think that it's, it's going to be a huge summer again for us. 
So I think it's up to the players now to, to prove Especially themselves. Especially with the deal coming, as we mentioned, you know, they're going to exactly. want to showcase themselves the best way they can on, on this world stage, aren't they? Absolutely. And that's it. And, you know, the players, the players have stepped up this season. A lot of players have been absolutely, you know, incredible. They've been very unlucky with some of the results as well. Um, we've, I think, you know, the win was taken out of our sails a bit after the FA Cup final. We suffered with a few injuries, the winter break, the cancelled games. These are things that other teams have had to deal with as well. So it's not just on Everton, but I really do think it did affect us. I think going into next season, it's going to be a case of expanding the squad, looking at the areas that we can that we really need to improve on. And teams like Manchester City and Chelsea, because of their squad, because of the different players that they've got, because of the different formations and systems they can play, that's why they're able to change matches and that's why they're a constant threat. I, I think that that's the way Everton needs to go. They need to flesh out the squad, add different dimensions to their play and hopefully next season we can we can hit the ground running. Yeah, and just before we move on to have a chat about the lads and what's been going <coughs> on, the uh, really positive news over the last couple of weeks you said there, Pete, about you know fleshing out the squad. It looks as though we've got two really important players that are sticking around for, for a while. Yeah, Lucy Graham and Sandy McKeever signing new contracts in the last couple of weeks. Uh, massive news and, and really positive news for them. Absolutely. Sandy, Sandy McGeever, um, I mean, if, if she doesn't um, go on to being a number one, I'll be I'll be totally surprised by that. I think she's absolutely incredible. Since she came in, um, she's been she's been brilliant. She's only a young kid. Um, at the time when we signed her, I wasn't sure it was necessarily a position that we needed to strengthen. But from the second she, she came in, she's just proven her quality and she's only got better. Uh, her, her performance in the FA Cup final was unbelievable. She, there was no way she deserved to concede three goals after extra time. It was just, um, she was just a phenomenal, um, it was a phenomenal performance. And Lucy Graham has been, you know, the epitome of what, you know, any Evertonian would want to see in a player. She's a captain, she's a leader, she she scores vital goals. Um, and she, you know, she's a, she's a true Everton player. So to see both of those sign, you know, to extend their stay at the club, it's, it's massive for us. And it shows that that um, that intent that the club have to to keep building on what we've got and to improve. Yeah, and uh, Willie Kirk said, uh, saying that Sandy should be looking to become the best goalkeeper in the world. So, uh, no no pressure on her there. Then anyway. <laughs> Absolutely no, I love that. And yeah. <laughs> go out and be the best in the world. No, I love yeah. that. I think you know that should be that should be the mentality of, of everyone at Everton. I think um, no, I, I love that. And she she very easily could do that, as Pete was just saying. You know, she's she's been superb. I think the the FA Cup final just sort of epitomizes everything about her um she's wonderful and to have her long-term future pen to the club is huge because I think she could you know there'd, there'd be all kinds of clubs circling looking at her and thinking yeah you know young uh probably future England number one for many years um so yeah to have her pen to the club for the next couple of years Lucy Graham as well fantastic couldn't speak more highly of her um and Izzy Christensen as well you know those are three big big uh, big players to to know that we've got for the next couple of years. And of course, the manager, Willie Kirk as well. So uh, we're definitely building something here. And the fact that that these players are, you know, penning their futures to us, it shows. I was speaking to Izzy uh, last week and she was saying, you know, 
with everything and, and, and Lucy the same with everything that's going on at the moment uh, at the club. Why, why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? And I think that's fantastic. And, you know, that was before this deal had come in as well. So, yeah, it's just it's just really, really exciting and want to finish this season strong um, and, and, and try and, you know, like Pete said, people are going to be wanting to fight and, and show what they can do. Um, but I'm so excited for next season. And when fans are back at Walton Hall Park as well, I just think... For the players, that's going to be huge. It's it must be hard to to go out there and and play with that. We see as fans what it does, um, and I can't wait. I just can't wait for next season for us all to be there and and hopefully right up the top, challenging for things again with the best players in the world. Absolutely, yeah, best goalkeeper in the world potentially. Certainly, just just imagine Willie saying that as well in his, his Scottish accent, very casually, like, "Yeah, just just go and be the best goalie in the world." Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it's absolutely nothing whatsoever. Uh, but just 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 um, forgive my ignorance potentially here, guys, as well. But uh, two year deals um, is that sort of more commonplace in in the men's game? Because suppose if you had players of that age, you know, in, in the men's squad and, you know, the key parts, you'd be looking to tie them down for, for four or five at least. Is is that just sort of a standard amount, is it, for, for the girls? Yeah, I mean, I think over the, you know, you, you haven't really seen um, contracts, big long-term contracts like that in the women's game. And I don't know if it's because the, the league's smaller as well. There's, there's less games um, and stuff like that. But maybe as it grows, and we, you know, the girls often talk about as well that, we want the, the league to grow um, so, you know, that it is more competitive and there's more games and it, there's not as many gaps between games and stuff. Uh, so I, I would say that, that that's probably one of the main reasons why as well, yeah. It's probably, it's another thing to, to bear in mind as well is, is that it, it might be down to the fact that the players have, have, a, have a strong negotiating stance. If the, if the league's growing and more money's going to be coming in over the next few years, then they don't want to commit themselves to a five-year deal if it means that in two years they would have been entitled to a pay rise if, if more money was getting pumped into yeah, the league. Of course, yeah. So there's yeah. two ways of looking at it. I can see that the club would want to tie down a player, but unless you're paying them top, top, top money, um, you know, it, it makes sense for the player to, to sort of to, to commit their, their shorter term future than they would do in the men's game. Yeah, and, and why wouldn't you? You know, the money in it could go through the roof, couldn't it, in the next couple yeah. of years with with what's going on? So, yeah, uh, exciting nonetheless. Great to have those players tied down. Uh, let, let's let's change tact a little bit to speaking about the lads. Hamas uh, Rodriguez has been trending on Twitter today for, for the wrong reasons, you could say, but you know, some some positive stuff as well. And him seeing him back in training. Uh, let, let's have a, have a chat about that first. Um, Sarah, I'll, I'll come to you. I've, I've just missed watching this lad, lad play footy. It's, it's, it's bizarre to think that he's not kicked a, a ball in anger competitively for us since the, the Merseyside derby when he when he broke the game open with that with that lovely pass. And I, think, I think there's been some talk about him since then, obviously probably more out of frustration that he's not playing and you can, you can see how, how much we've missed him. But it feels as though this little two-week break and him being back in training and hopefully refreshed coming into the last 10 games of the season, it could be a, a really critical period for, for him and, and subsequently us. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't half missed him, have we? As you I said, know. you know, the, the derby, he, he just cut Liverpool apart within the first couple of minutes with that pass and the rest is history. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that we've been pretty lacklustre um, since obviously it was it was massive to beat Southampton at home it was massive to beat West Brom uh, because those are the games that you need to be getting over the line but you know we've unfortunately out the cup um, 
we had to have him for that game. We had to have Decore for that game uh, without a shadow of a doubt to stand a chance. We lost the Burnley game. Um, and yeah, I think games like that Burnley game where we need a little bit of something. And I know there'll probably be fans listening and saying, oh, it's those games where, you know, sometimes he doesn't show up. But for me, Hammers has just been an absolute revelation for us. And yes, he's, he's missed a few games through injury, etc. But what he can do is just what nobody else for Everton can do. And he can pick that pass. Um, we saw it in the reverse fixture against Burnley where Gilfie should score and yeah. we should win the game. So many times he will create that chance in a game that will be the difference. And, you know, we've, we've missed him massively um, to have him back because obviously Decore missing is huge. We're going to miss him tremendously for the remainder of the season, a different, entirely different kind of player, but to have Hammers back in with, with his quality and his world-class and his ability to turn a game on its head with just one touch of the ball. Um, it, it's massive. It's got to be massive for, for players like Calvert-Lewin, who's, who's maybe struggled a bit because he's not had as, as, as much creativity around him. Um, in recent weeks. So yeah, it, it's huge. And we really need to, to fight for everything to for nail in this last 10 games, because I don't think we will get top four, but we could still get top four. We have to get Europe. We have to be in Europe next season. Yeah. It, it sort of feels like to me, Peter, if, if he plays eight of the last 10 games, Hamas, then I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel very confident about us being, in top six, top seven, you know, maybe pushing up towards that that top four place. But if, if he plays two or three, then all of a sudden you, you panic and thinking, where's that that creativity coming from, aren't you? Absolutely. And the thing the thing about him as well, even in a game when he's quiet, you know, you might have a game where it's tight and he, he can just unlock the defence. He can just one pass, one little bit of vision. I mean, you see that he brings the best out of the players around him as well. So the likes of Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin they know that they can make the runs because he's got the ability to to play that pass. They can gamble on taking a run. Whereas I feel like sometimes when, when we don't have hammers in the side, we we don't seem to create as much. We Well, obviously we don't create as much because he's not there, but we don't seem to have that threat. Um, we seem very one-dimensional a lot of the time, but I think he just adds that little that little extra element. So yeah, if, if we can keep him fifth for the last 10 games, like you say, if he plays eight, eight of those games, You'd fancy our chances certainly to finish in, in the European places, if not um, try and try and make a final assault on that top four. Yeah, it, it feels as though the, the club have sort of made a, a good decision with this, sir, by just just holding him back. Because I think the manager sort of said ahead of the game against Burnley um, and the game against um, who we played before that Chelsea, he sort of hinted that he's going to be back very soon. He's going to be back very soon. And then before the Burnley game, he was just like, well, he's not really been fit for a while, so we're just going to give him. The next game off, and then he's got two weeks as well. I think it, it feels like he's sort of been playing with an injury since since uh, Christmas, and we've been, you know, getting him by, and he's been coming off of, you know, before the hour mark, and maybe just giving him that full time to get back to a hundred percent instead of saying let's have a, a half a Hamadrigas for an hour in the odd game here and there. It feels like that's a you know a, a, probably a clever move on the on behalf of the club and Carlo. Yeah, absolutely. Like you've just said it there, Matt. If you know, if if Hammers plays eight of the last ten games, you feel quite confident that that will will you know win the majority of them. Um, and I'd I'd rather now be, as you said, going into the home stretch. If you like that final final home run of fixtures, knowing that 
we've got him and he's going to be available for every game um, and not that we're going to have to bring him off after uh, after 60 minutes or bring him on for the last half an hour if we're trying to chase a game and make something happen. You'd rather know he's going to be there, he's going to be available at any time for the manager um, in, in the final stages of this season because, I mean, if you're any of the, the, the teams that we've got coming up, how are you going to feel facing Everton with Hammers or without him, it's going to make a big difference. If you see Hammers Rodriguez in the opposition, you're automatically always having to think about him. He's always going to be there. And I think, you know, we just look a more dangerous outfit, of course, with him in. He's, he's one of the best in the world. Um, so, yeah, definitely I'll take that all day. If, if Carlos thought, you know what, let's, let's give him a miss for a, couple, for a game or two. And that means then he can rest and recover and he's back, he's firing, he's fully fit, he's sharp, he's ready to go. So, yeah, s- smart for me if that's if that's the way they've done it. You'd rather that than the same every week. He's out the squad again. Oh, he's, yeah. It's just, just such a relief that not going on international duty because you, you, you know for a fact he would have gone away with Colombia and played and played in those World Cup qualifying games. So just Come made back up in a, it was a big like you, you know like in cartoons where they're just completely covered in like bandages and you can just see their eyes. <laughs> like, that's that's all I ever yeah. think about when like our players go away on international duty. I'm dreading this San Marino game because. Calvert Lewin will probably score ten and come back injured or something. So, three oh. oh, three games, isn't it, in the space of six days for England? Oh, don't! Oh, oh. absolutely, absolutely <laughs> mad, absolutely mad. Uh, but yeah, great, great to see him back in training with a smile on his face. Um, like I said, unfortunately, there was some. He was trending on Twitter for all the, the wrong reasons today. I won't give any air time to what was being said. I'm sure everybody's seen it. It was, it was horrible. Um, and I thought. You know, this sort of followed Pete, you know, some quite a string of, of mad WhatsApp rumours, which I think we, we've all seen, you know, reference some of them at the start, which you can just go, oh, my God, that's ridiculous in regards to, you know, Farad Machiri, Joe Anderson, or what's going on at the moment. And, you know, you can, you know, you can brush off as Reds being mischievous and, and stuff like that. But the Rodriguez one that's, that's been, been going around today, I think there was much as again... You know, we were speaking before we came on air and we, you know, we sort of saying that initially we all sort of rolled our eyes on it and got, oh, it's, it's another one. But I think the more it's, it's circulated, the more people have talked about it, it's, you know, actually quite hurtful. And it's nice to see a lot of people sort of calling this out and saying, you know, enough of this now. It's, it's really not on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, the danger of social media is, is that things get spread so quickly and people just have to, Firstly, they have to, you know, be sensible, take a step back, and and make their own mind up as to what is true and what is what is false. I think it's pretty obvious that that the that the hammers message that has gone around, you know, was in some sort of response to, um, you know, what had gone around about Bramley Moore. People had obviously decided that it was a it was something to to try and get a cheap laugh or to try and wind wind people up about. Unfortunately, it opens up a floodgate. Um, it opens up the floodgates in terms of the replies and the responses and and the, you know the sort of um, you know the transphobic uh, comments that, that have been made. Um, I think people have just got to be so careful these days in terms of social media. You know, I was saying I was saying beforehand, it's not like you can say a throwaway comment. Um, and you know, only your mates are going to hear it. If you put something on social media, you don't know who's going to see it and who's going to be offended by it and who's going to be hurt by it. So I think people just need to take a step back. And you might think it's funny between you and your mates. Well, 
it's not between you, you, you and your mates when you're putting it out and potentially thousands of people are going to see it. So I think people just need to just take a step back. And it, it, this whole thing about when these sorts of rumours go around, it's the same with transfer rumours. People, they sort of make something up which kind of fits a narrative and people just sort of go, it, it snowballs then. People, it gets shared between one after one after another amongst WhatsApp groups. The next thing it comes back to you, you've, you've seen it a hundred times. People start taking it for gospel. So, you know, I, I could turn around now and say, oh, I've heard a rumour that Man City want to sign Ben Godfrey. Um, financial fair play in, has been relaxed. So they're going to sign Ben Godfrey and give us Nathan Ake in, 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 you know, in part exchange plus 80 million. I could say that. Now, People could listen to that and take it as gospel. They could say, "Oh well, apparently Man City want Ben Godfrey." The next thing people are kicking off at the club. It's, but this what what's happened with James Rodriguez is is on a different level because it's it's not just a, a silly transfer rumor or a a silly sort of um, nonsensical thing about about you know the Bramley Moor docks. It's something which is potentially going to be hurtful for for people who are going to be be reading this and reading the replies to it as well. Yeah, uh, divvies, aren't they, Sarah? Anyone sharing that sort of thing? Divvies, exactly. Bad divvies. Now, it's it's exactly right. I think, you know, it's easy to, to say these things and people even give them a little cheap laugh sometimes without even actually thinking into what it is that they're laughing at. And, you know, that's you've, you've just got to be so, so careful. Um, the ignorance in some of the comments is is quite staggering. And you, you think about people reading them that, you know, are transitioning or are part of the LGBT community, um, et cetera, that might be not have come out and be terrified to because they see the kind of things that people are saying um, and something that's just meant to be a bit of a joke and a bit of fun to them could be so, so damaging uh, where we, we all know the power of social media and, you know, it, it sadly takes somebody to to die or or commit suicide and it's a dark way to take this but it mm. takes something like that to happen for everyone to go hashtag be kind hashtag da 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 like we'll just be like that like and then people hopefully you know it it wouldn't get to the stage where 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 stuff like that's happening um it just again it, it shows that so much needs to be done it on social media in terms of um you know twitter and and all these not just twitter all the different platforms and in probably stopping this stuff getting out and and circulating or whatever or taking it down i don't know because it's once it's out there it's out there um and yeah i went off on one there but yeah divvies stop it (laughs) it's it's, it's, it's absolutely fair enough you know i've seen you know we've seen a lot of horrible comments about it today you know i've seen people like hannah farrell been speaking about it on twitter today and some ridiculous responses to her, but I think in the main, people have realised that it's it's quite serious and they're knocking it on the head. So if you get that message from anyone, just, just don't share it. Uh, don't give it the time of day or anything like that. Uh, but last thing before we, we go, guys, obviously you mentioned that Ben Godfrey played today for England under-21s. Uh, they got beat under, well, well by Switzerland under the, the astute visionary stewardship of A.D. Bufroyd, who, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a mad one. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that why he's in charge of England on the 21s. But um, <laughs> go, look, look, sort of looking ahead to, to the summer, Pete, um, is he is he someone you think that, that should be in, in the senior squad for England? Because, you know, I think 
you know, I, I'm sure you guys share these opinions, not really fussed whether he is or he isn't, but I'm sure the lad himself will have those ambitions. But you sort of look at the way he's playing at the moment, the way he played against Manchester City at the weekend, and I think you could probably say that it's him and one or two others in the Everton defence at the moment. And with that in mind, he's, he's got to be getting close. He's, he's certainly got to be getting close, and and alongside Michael Keane, I think the two of them have been have been you know superb. Ben Godfrey, though, um, I mean, it's it's the different aspects of his game that he offers as well, which is different to some to a lot of the players that England have called up. When you look at Connor Cody and 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 Tyrone Mings and and Harry Maguire, for example, I mean, the the three very similar players. I think that Ben Godfrey, one, he can play across the across the entire back four. I think the pace of him um, and the confidence he's got on the ball, I think he just adds another dimension. You know, when you look at people like Eric Dyer, who seems to be, you know, bulletproof when it comes to, to getting a getting a call up for England, he just seems to, to he's like one of the first names on the, on the sheet. Doesn't like matter the how he's Delph, isn't he? Yeah. Delph, he was just to find a way into the squad, didn't he, for some reason? Dyer's Owen like, Hargreaves, like Owen yeah. Hargreaves got, <laughs> Owen Hargreaves got about 80 caps. He played about 10 minutes. <laughs> But um, yeah, so but I just I think to be honest, I think it's probably going to be a bit too soon for him. If if he was going to to potentially get a call for the summer, I think this was the squad he would have been called up to, even just to train with the players and and so that Southgate could have a have a close look at him. Um, but he's certainly a future England centre half. Um, he's he's got a, he's got everything in, in his locker, hasn't he? Um, but yeah, I'm like like you just said, I'm I'm not too fussed if he doesn't go. Yeah, uh, just one other thing on on Godfrey said. I've, I've heard a rumour that. City are looking at him and apparently gonna <laughs> apparently gonna offer us eighty million plus uh, plus Nathan Ake. Um so that's that's something to worry about, isn't it? I, I just sent you that about five minutes ago, didn't I? <laughs> People need to stop spreading these ridiculous rumors around, don't they? Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know what though? On that selection, I've got to say, absolutely mind boggled about Godfrey and Michael Keane not getting in, shocked. Um I mean, like like you guys, I'm I'm not I'm not particularly interested. Um, it, you know, you're happy for the player because you know what it means to them to go out and represent their country. Uh, so you're pleased for them when they get selected. But yeah, I, I, I think it's only Southgate's game. Like you've got two of the best centre backs in the league in the Premier League all season both English and you've not picked them I don't I don't understand that but you know I know Ben's gone into the under 21s um so you know fair enough on that but I, I just I just don't understand why you wouldn't pick him like he, he surely at this moment in time would get into pretty well any any team in the world so I don't, I don't understand why he hasn't been picked, but definitely, like Pete said, I can see him going on to to represent England's, you know, senior team time and again over the future. He's got a massive, massive international career ahead of him and club career with Everton, <laughs> not Manchester yeah. City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Looking forward to watching Nathan Ake next season. Uh. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I've, I've always liked him. A half, a half. Yeah. Uh, you, you think how bad, how badly we were crying out for strong centre backs like not so long ago. We didn't have a defence, and now like you've got Michael Keane, Godfrey, Yerry Mina, 
Holgate. Oh, it's just, it's great, isn't it? We've been linked to Cooler Valley as well. Is it? Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, Bailey, they're all coming, there, mate. There, there we go. Uh, they're, they're all on the way to Goodison Park. So long, Ben. It's been it's been a good year, mate. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all good things come to an end. What have I started uh, here? There, there you go. That's that's it. Now it'll be on news now later when I'm looking for for stories. You know. Rumour from the blue room. <laughs> you can use that little clip on, on Twitter, see how, see how long it takes to get around. Yeah, some, someone with uh, smart editing skills will make it look legit, but yeah. Uh, you'll be, uh, people will be, de- people will be de- DMing you, mate, and all sorts. Watch, watch. They're like, he said that too convincingly. He's heard something, yeah. that lad. He's heard something that we what? haven't. Why are, you, why are you doing a big wink at the, the camera piece? What's going on there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, we'll we'll leave it there. We are out of time. Cheers to Sarah. Cheers to our new Blue Room ITK, Pete McFarlane, as well. <laughs> uh, I'll have to get you back on you on the transfer season, mate. But thanks very much for, for tuning in. Uh, as ever, if you want to hear more from us, multiple episodes shows every weekday, come and join us on the Blue Room Extra. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Uh, we've got all sorts coming up this week. Mailbag and 11 is back on Friday as well. So looking forward to all that. But uh, that's a bit iffy weekly. We'll be back again next week. Progressive presents Don't Do It Yourself. Okay, fixing a water heater. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah? So you know how to secure this gift joint? Yeah. Detach the steam pump? <laughs> Takes two seconds. And fasten the double to the pressure tube? Yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Oh, that's interesting, because I made all those things up. Look, we should just bundle our home and auto with Progressive. We could save big, then pay someone to do it for us. That's cool. This double's the wrong size anyway. Save when bundling home and auto with Progressive and use the money to, you know, not do it yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.